We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Moneyball after dark coming to you after the Mavericks second straight win over the Los Angeles Lakers 108 93 on a nationally broadcasted Saturday night game. This is Josh Bo, one of the editors over at MavsMoneyball.com, joined as always by Kirk Henderson. Kirk uh, had a had a long day and also did the recap. So I am trying to uh, help him out a little bit and I will be doing the hosting duties. But Kirk, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That ended up being, you know, there's a very ugly game that was remarkably entertaining because neither team seemed to be able to get out of their own way for lots of stretches. Yeah, it was the first half was it was I mean it was really a tale of two halves, right? I mean, the first half was gross basketball from the Mavericks to say to put it lightly really I mean they just could not do anything against the Lakers trapping defense and then the second half they kind of figured it out and kind of wiped the floor with them they outscored Los Angeles uh 62 35 in the second half it was pretty crazy 
course, if you watched, you saw, you know, Dwight Powell with the monster game, 25 points on 11 of 12 shooting. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 21 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3. The Mavericks' top two leading scorers. I uh, can't remember the last time Doncic was the third leading scorer in a Mavericks game. It feels like it's been forever. Um, like the only time I can think of it coming to mind was when the Mavericks played Denver, I think. I can't remember if it was a Denver game this season or last season where he had a really, really, really bad scoring game, but the Mavericks still won. Uh, so, Kirk, you wrote the recap. What – so this is fresh on your mind. You you always take lots of notes, especially so when you're doing the recap. So what is kind of your big takeaway from this game? Like what jumps out at you the most? So what the Lakers were doing defensively is the thing that stands out because is talk Franco, one of our writers at Mavs Moneyball, found a site that is tracking this sort of stuff. And the, what I'm about to talk about, I mean, and, and tracking data on any of these these sorts of things is a little bit sketchy, but it illustrates a point. And the data that I'm, I'm thinking of is Luka Doncic ends up being doubled more possessions than anyone else in the league. Like the next closest guy is Dame. They're pretty close together. But the 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 gap, like in terms of number of possessions, on average, Luka has been doubled or seen a double 27 times a game, uh, 27 possessions a game. And that's very interesting to me because it seems to me that teams have largely figured out that the way to challenge the Mavs or the Mavericks offense is to make someone else do something. And it, obviously watching Powell tonight, mainly in the second half, really, because I think he scored 21 of 25 in the second half, they found that answer because in the, in the first half, you know, Luca was feeding Willie Cauley-Stein, and Willie, for all his athleticism, I bet that man he hasn't been a consistent role man ever. So it's just knowing what to do and where to go comes with time and repetition. And the Mavericks have been so good with Powell as a roller. Like, that aspect of their offense was elite for, like, two to three years. Now, the rest of the team might not have been elite, and, and that's where fans get very frustrated with Powell in general, but up in last season, up until he tore his Achilles, he was a key component to why the Mavericks were looking so good on offense. And they just haven't had that. Now, some of the shots he's getting when, when Powell was rolling to the rim tonight and seeing it, it's basically execution of a four on three. That's what's happening. And they, the Mavericks started making the right decision. Shots started to go and it was enough. And long-term, this is something the Mavericks really need to be thinking about because you know, it's not like Dwight Powell's going to get looks like that every night. I mean, it, it cannot be understated how terrible DeAndre, or I'm sorry, Andre Drummond is at, at defense. Like, don't don't listen to the press clippings. He can be quite good, but tonight was a game where he was out of it all night, and and the Mavericks simply just exposed him over and over again. Uh, and and the aspect of the Lakers' defense. So that was the thing that stood out to me the most was the doubling, and then how how the Mavericks simply had to battle through it. Yeah, the first half it looked like uh, they got hit the rock, like like they just got blindsided, like in a in a car crash or something. Like they just did not look like they were ready for how aggressive and how early and how often the Lakers were trapping. Like usually, when Lucas sees those traps in the pick and roll and the doubles, I know he sees them a lot, you know, on the season per game. But a lot of it is probably concentrated in the second half and fourth quarter and crunch time. Uh, and the Lakers were, I mean, basically from the first quarter on, we're doing this. Um, I'm sure. Can you hear that car alarm, Kirk? No, I can't. Oh, so that's amazing. Good. Sorry. All right. Well, maybe I'll cut this out. So 
I mean, it, it it just looked like they weren't prepared, and it looked like like a lot of the guys had deer in headlights uh, look when they caught the ball in those four on three situations, like you were saying. Um, you know, Maxi Kleba, who ended up finishing with like a productive stat line and was a positive on the floor. I mean, he was three of nine from the floor, had some really really awkward attempts inside the three point line, like like baby deer taking its first steps. Like he never, like he had never dribbled the basketball inside the three point line in his entire Maxie's life. He's such a confidence time. offensive player though, yeah. where if he doesn't see one go down, it, it gets a little dark for him. Yeah. And it, it, it that was evident by both that floater and that short jumper. Like he's such a skilled player, but you could just see the, Oh shit in his eyes. Yes, and it also doesn't work. I mean, it's also easier to trap Luka Doncic when your best three-point shooter by a mile, Tim Hardaway Jr., has one of his worst shooting games of the entire season. Uh, Two of 13 from the floor, one of seven from three. A lot of those misses uh, in the first half, and his only make was, you know, a buzzer beater to end halftime from, like, 40 feet, which was kind of funny. But uh, in terms of what the Mavericks did in the first and the second half, I mean, it, it seemed like it was just it was more pal. And it was just guys like Finney Smith and Powell and Kleba uh, uh, reacting better to when the Mavericks were in those advantage advantage uh, situations. And uh, Melly got on the floor, made a couple of nice plays, and made a couple of nice cuts. Uh, Redick got in the game a little bit more in the second half. I mean, he was huge. He was three or four, two of two from three. I mean, what better way to bust a, a double on Luka Doncic than having JJ Redick on the floor? The uh, second my- one was hilarious. The yeah. second one was absolute. I cackled so loud <laughs> because they the Lakers had gone zone in attempts to figure out the screen and roll, and they just left like there was no one within fifteen feet of JJ Redick. Like, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think it must be said. I want to. I want to. You know, talk about Pal. Obviously, I mean, he's the story. Everyone's going to be talking about Pal. But I made this point online, and I want to make it here in the podcast as well because I know. It's very easy to joke that April Dwight Powell is back. And, of course, you know, April Dwight Powell, you know, when the Mavericks were really bad for three seasons, Dwight Powell had an affinity for going off in those meaningless April games while the Mavericks were clearly uh, disinterested in winning as many basketball games as possible. And I know it's really easy to make those jokes again because he has had a pretty good, you know, two weeks or so. He's looked much better this month than he's looked any other month this season. And as much as we want to make those jokes, and I don't want to be a party pooper, it's it's not April Dwight Powell is back. It's, oh, uh, Dwight Powell is now 13 months removed from a devastating Achilles injury and for the first right. time all season physically resembles his pre-injury self. Like, that's it. Like, how much – we've seen enough with Kevin Durant, uh, with to a degree John Wall, these guys that suffer Achilles injuries, it doesn't – it's not – even if they come back, it's not – you know, we've seen West. We saw Wes Matthews come back, but he was not back. You know, quote unquote. Like it takes guys can get on the floor quicker than before with the Achilles injury, but they're not back to themselves for a very long time. And it's part of the reason why you know John Wall sat out over a year. Kevin Durant sat out basically over a year. Like it takes minimum, I think, you know, twelve months after an Achilles injury, I'm not a doctor, but just judging by how these guys are coming back from the, from this injury when they, if they come back, cause you know, it is such a bad injury. It, it just takes a while. It's not, it's not the first month or two when you get back on the floor, things are fine. If, if, if it's only six or seven months removed, like it's a grueling injury with grueling recovery and rehab work. And I think it's just clear that like the Dwight, like 
the Lakers obviously, you know, were like, let's let Dwight Powell beat us. We don't want Luka to beat us. And like, obviously it helps that Powell was just open underneath the rim a lot. But even then, like, I don't, if you plugged and played, plugged and played October or November, or November Dwight Powell, like into this game, like, I don't think he has as good, a, like he doesn't have 25 points on 11 and 12 shooting. Like, he just doesn't. Like, I think the biggest thing for him is just that he is finally, finally in the stages of maybe putting that injury behind him and moving forward and trying to resemble the player he was before his burst still isn't there let's be clear but his timing looks different um i want to read this because this is pretty phenomenal tim mcmahon pulled this from espn stats and info the Mavs and Luka Doncic figured out the Lakers double team in the second half. The Lakers double teaming Doncic in the second or in in uh on Saturday night. In the first half, there are twelve plays where they doubled Luka. The Mavs scored ten or the Mavs scored uh ten points on twelve plays. They shot thirty three percent from the field and had four turnovers. In the second half, the Lakers doubled Luka ten times. The Mavericks scored twenty points and scored <laughs> on eighty nine hit eighty nine percent from the floor <laughs> and had wow, one turnover. Yeah. And it was the one where they where Willie he hit Willie kind of in the knees. <laughs> and and Carl is kind of talking about the quote, you know, the the like where Luca positions passes, and that's like just he and Powell sort of work work well because Powell knows where to go. Yeah, this is where I've yes. always kind of like I, I've argued with fans about this forever. It's like easy being a role man is hard. I try, you know, I'm not a basketball player anymore, but it was a long time ago, and I sucked at it. It's just you really need to know where the open space is. You have to be able to kind of have that spatial awareness to know what you can't see, like as you're looking at the ball handler diving down the lane, knowing where to go. Cause six inches, you know, six inches a foot can really matter when you're talking about ball placement with all these sort of passes from 25 feet away. And, and Powell is just good at this. He knows where to go on, on, on screens. He, or uh, on screens, he also sets very good screens yes. and that can't be understated with how, you know, because sometimes Luca gets a little lackadaisical with his usage of screens, but Powell sets wide screens for a skinny guy, holds his feet very rare. He's gotten, and that's another area where he's gotten better, I think, because he was pretty rough about that this earlier in the season where he just, he was getting called for offensive fouls. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. It's, it's nice. I don't know how sustainable it is, but I also don't care. The Mavs just need to get wins. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have no idea if Powell will keep this up, but I mean, he's on a pretty good, like, you know, he's obviously not going to have games like this every night, but I mean, he's on a good little run here of like getting minutes. And even if they're not a lot of minutes, like at least doing some stuff, you know, where before in October, November, we were like, you know, you, he just couldn't, I mean, he couldn't do anything. I mean, he couldn't, it just looked like he got zapped of, you know, his athleticism and, his, you know, he still, you know, it's not like his brain got zapped, but it was like his his body wouldn't go where his his mind was telling it in a, in a, in, a in a way. Uh, and it was clear that that was more in sync tonight than it's ever been uh, this season. And and hopefully that keeps going. And it's it's clearly missing. And without Kristaps Porzingis, I think it was funny how in a game without Kristaps Porzingis still out with that sprained ankle from the Thursday game, like you kind of saw both sides of the coin of life without Kristaps. You saw the first yep. half where Luca gets doubled and Lakers do not care about anyone else. And the spacing looks awful and no one's making shots And the Mavericks have like 35 points halfway through the second quarter and, and things look bleak. Uh, and th- you really understand that, Hey, Kristaps, even when he's playing like, but him just standing on the floor, it just makes a massive difference. But then you also saw in the second half, 
what can happen when uh, guys are moving and responding well uh, to the, the lack of attention they're getting from the defense and making plays in that space, which you don't necessarily, you know, Kristaps could, can be a little inconsistent with, as we've seen sometimes this season, even though, you know, he is having a good shooting season. But it, it, like I said, it was kind of like, you, you obviously saw what you missed, and then you obviously saw what the Mavericks can do. You know, hey, if we don't have Kristaps and we aren't doing the thing where we're like trying to force feed him, or we are missing him when he's two feet at the rim with his guy pinned and we're not passing him the ball, like that weird, the weirdness of that. Like when the the team is just kind of playing through the flow and and not worrying about where the ball needs to go necessarily. Like you you see that in the second half. When it's working, it looks it looks it looks freaking awesome. It looks it looks really good. Uh, but then you also saw the other side where in the first half where it doesn't look so good. Which what well, did you I, as I, as the Kristaps? I need I know you uh, have a you know you like your Kristaps takes, but I'm just curious what you thought about that. I mean, I'd be if if teams continue to double Luca like that, giving Kristaps the ball on a short roll is a good decision. Mm-hmm. Period. He's skilled. He's scary. He can dunks decides to i'm really into it that they just aren't going to get the practice time to really get this sort of timing down and frankly teams just don't do it as much when he's on the floor so i don't know i mean i i think this stuff i like for when he's moving my problem and something i just am never going to know the answer to is when he's stationary he just he goes long stretches where he's stationary and i don't know if that's by design or by choice yeah and we don't know that uh, like you said, so yeah, we're never going to. <laughs> no. I, I do want to talk about something though, because yeah, I, go ahead. I I, I, I think it's of, of consequence for this game. We got a really good descriptor and two game look at the good and the bad of DeAndre Drummond, and he was a key reason why the Lakers lost both games. He, was. he might be incredibly <laughs> athletic. He might be huge. He also freelances he doesn't commit to the bit he got owned by post achilles dwight powell repeatedly and i'm not impressed with him as a defender or a player period he missed an open dunk he was throwing up some garbage he is a really strange basketball player i'm not saying he's bad because he's not it's just you know we've we've had fans that want him for a long time and i get why because you want the insertion of talent but that guy thinks he is a different player than he is. And we're already dealing with that with Porzingis. <laughs> so yeah. it's like this, that sort of thing just doesn't work over the wall. Like you don't only have so many guys who won't buy into their role, you know, talent yeah. can only overcomes so much. I don't, I think you're, I don't think he's a bad basketball player, but I think there's a difference and I don't think he's a winning basketball player right now. And I, he, he does some things that no other human can do. I mean, my God, he can rebound like no one else in this league. Uh, you occasionally see him make some like really good plays out on the perimeter, like guarding pick and rolls with his hands. Like he had three steals and like he, sometimes you see a play and you kind of raise your eyebrow, like him kind of getting a deflection and getting a steal. And you're like, Oh, Oh. And then, like you said, oh, it's, yeah. it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's uh, missing a dunk. It's, that hilarious uh, getting faked out by Pal at the top of the key and watching him waltz to a dunk in the first, like the first two possessions of the game, I think. Uh, and it's all that and kind that of stuff. And that fake cuff guy shit. 
that yes. fake tough guy shit with Maxi or I'm not Maxi Dorian. Dorian like Dorian would have uh, destroyed yeah. him. But yeah, always like <laughs> let's just be clear here, guys. The guy who has made his money is likely almost always going to lose to the dude who's still grinding for a spot in the league when it comes to crap like that. Plus, big men are just notoriously not great at fighting. Um, Shaq swinging at what's his name um, um, is is a rarity. But that's neither here nor there. We can argue and, and disagree on those sorts of things. So nobody get too mad at me on Twitter about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's one of those things where I get the scent, I get the feeling. But two games in a row, and I think he's going to be the kind of guy that that costs the Lakers something if LeBron doesn't come back full force. I know this is a Mavs podcast, but it's something of value to me. I mean, in the post game, Mark Mark Gasol is clearly pissed. He's not playing more, and Gasol, while looking washed and old too, doesn't gunk up games like he like like uh, uh, like that guy can. Because I mean, hell, like throwing Dwight Powell on the floor, which is the thing that he did, was one of the reasons it cost them or cost the Lakers a chance of coming back. It was just weird. So yeah, I mean, if the Lakers have another successful playoff run, it will be with Drummond on the bench and Anthony Davis at the five which is what they did last year. So it's just the talk about it is funny, but you're right. We are not a Lakers podcast, although um, it was nice to see, get two games, uh, look at future Mavs, uh, Caruso and THT uh, Horton Tucker. Um, Man, not, Horton Tucker's not, a weird player. I can't not, wait to talk about him in the off season. <laughs> I know that was an interesting, interesting couple of games for him. Um, but for this Mavs game, I don't know what where else do you want to go from here? We haven't really talked about Luca specifically. Uh it was this was a really weird Luca game. Um because I think there were times where he was playing some of the I mean this is hyperbole, but he was playing the second some of the quarter was some of the worst basketball he's yes. played this season. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's where I was going. But then also it was like is it how much of it is his his fault because it that really poor stretch of basketball came after like six or seven or eight straight possessions of the Lakers doubling him, Luca making the right read, and then the Mavericks farting and falling down. And it's like the human brain and spirit can only take so much before right. it is defeated. Well, I mean, we were we were treated, we, the, the national broadcast viewers were treated to another uh, lecture on leadership from Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. And I will, I will side more with where you've been, where Luca has to figure out a way to not do that. But at the same yeah. time, my brain recognizes that he's 22 and the things that I did in the heat of frustration at 22, you know, you just, there's, there's just an emotional maturity that he's going to get to at some point. Um, like the overhead flip pass was the, the one of the turnovers. It was just really bad. Yep. But what makes him so interesting is just, he does not, there are very few games that stand out of his career where he has bad games. He'll have bad quarters. But the fact that he adjusted and came back and was just dropping dimes in the second, because yes. as awesome as Powell was, and Powell was, we've talked about it, none of that happens unless Luca's hitting him on the numbers from 35 feet away. Yes, exactly. I mean, he finished, I know he had six turnovers, but 13 assists. Um, he still had 18 points, you know, taking 15 shots. So not, not the best efficiency, but still not like, like awful um, right and you know was a plus 26 in his, in his, in his 39 minutes um and played That's some riot. like yeah and he played some he had some okay defensive plays too i thought um and really defensively i mean the lakers only scored 93 points and i know you know just 
points, you know, just looking at that at pure raw point totals in a game, uh, I'm sure that the Lakers offensive rating was was also pretty garbage, but they're not if the Mavericks hold someone under under 100 points, I mean that almost feels like an automatic win for this team. Uh and yeah. that was that was nice to see and it helps that they were getting two games of Anthony Davis coming back from, you know, a two or three month layoff basically. And holy cow, did he like he did not like his focus in these two games was not winning the games. It was just, I got to get my legs back. I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to push myself too hard and hurt myself. I just got to get back on the floor and be okay. Cause I don't think I, I mean, I obviously I don't watch the Lakers every single night. Maybe Lakers fans can tell me or Lakers people can tell me if I'm wrong, but I have, I can't remember watching two straight games of Anthony Davis and seeing him take so many jumpers. Uh, in my entire life, I mean, he had six three-point attempts tonight. He was zero for six. Like he looked like he just were we watching the KP. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean Davis. I mean, I've never seen Davis take. That I game. know, but like, like it felt like a KP jumper game. Oh yeah, it did. It was all jumpers. I mean, he got seven free. He got eight free throw attempts. I think he got a little spunkier uh, as the game went on. Yeah. But that was like a dude that was like, I'm just gonna get my shots up. I'm gonna work a sweat. I don't want to get hurt. I need to get comfortable. Like it. it it looked like he, you know, that was a di- there was a different objective with Anthony Davis that did not include necessarily getting the win. And obviously, the Lakers care more about him being healthy uh, down the stretch. So that was pretty, you know, it was good that the Maver- like the Mavericks avoided that because Davis, Davis at a hundred percent has, I mean, he eats up every team, but he really eats up the Mavericks when he's uh, going the way he normally goes. So that was nice, but uh, outside of man, I mean, Ben McLemore, if Ben McLemore doesn't have a huge game. I mean, the Mavericks might win this game by like 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, defensively, the Mavericks really didn't let anyone kill them, except for McLemore. Like, they really limited basically everyone else. Schroeder didn't have too much of – didn't have a great game. I'm curious. I want to go to this. I don't want to be too negative, but I feel like we have to talk about this. Uh, This is one of the first games the Mavericks have played without Josh Richardson in a while. Uh, He did not play. Didn't miss him. Didn't miss him at all. Okay, we're going right into it. No, so that, and it's not his fault. He just needs to not start. Like, they need to give him more reps with the second unit so he can reestablish some confidence because he's a man playing with the yips on offense. Defensively, they need to unleash him. I've seen enough data at this point. To, like, he was much better defensively, and their scheme is just so so timid that he's not doing any of the stuff that makes him Josh Richardson. They, they have to figure out new ways to get him involved, and offensively, it's not going to be starting because he's just – he's so wide open now, it's existing in his like, – so – I don't know that they have to figure out something. He's important. He's twelve million dollar guy on the roster, whatever he makes. And and I don't know. I'm I'm glad they got the win without him. But I, I'll tell you, I didn't think about him once. <laughs> so you were the the Don Draper meme, Madman meme. Yeah, that's a good comp. <laughs> love that. <laughs> I know you love that one. Um, yeah, and it's funny because his replacement, Tim Hardaway Jr., did nothing. <laughs> did nothing. Uh, which is kind of funny. But then you look in JJ Reddick got 20 minutes and had eight points, three or four shooting. Uh, And Brunson, actually another candidate to replace uh, Richardson in the starting lineup also had a bad game. So that's really funny that his two potential replacements outside of Reddick both had bad games, but you're right. Uh, I think the, the is talk thread earlier today about Richardson's defense was a really good point about the Mavericks conservative scheme. You know, they're a very laid back defense in terms of kind of, Letting team, they don't really dictate the terms on defense. They just play the numbers and 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 try to coerce teams into taking shots from areas of the floor that the Mavericks are comfortable with. And for a player like Richardson, who 
is a very aggressive defender uh, and likes yep. to make splash plays. The Maverick scheme is not a splash uh, defensive scheme. Doesn't encourage splash plays uh, so much. So yeah, I see it there. And then offensively, yeah. I don't know. R- Richardson sees like this might be like, hey, he just doesn't have like the weird thing about Richardson's season is if you go like, I mean, you just go to his basketball reference page and you look at it and his three point shooting is so outlier horrible that it's hard to believe like that this is real. And it just might be one of those things where this is a season. This is just not his season. He got COVID. Maybe that has an impact. Maybe that, that that messed up his entire season. He just can't, you know, some guys just have seasons like that, that just things don't, everything that can go wrong goes wrong and it's hard to pull yourself out of that tailspin. And I wonder if that's just what's going on with him this year. Uh, yeah. But that makes it hard because, you know, if you're a team, how do you, you know, <laughs> you have to make some off to season decisions. That makes things a lot trickier. Uh, Kirk, is there anything else you want to go into? Uh, I know this was a big win, so we're probably, we could talk a lot longer about it. Cause I think people get really fired up after these Lakers well, wins and why not? Cause the- it's beating the Lakers. I do. I want to. I, I, the last thing I want to really mention before we get on out is is the fact that the Mavericks won. And this is a positive look at a negative stat. The Mavericks won a game in which Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, and Jalen Brunson combined for six of thirty-one from the floor. That is crazy. I. I mean, I would guess they would lose if that happened. Ten grams. I would say they would lose all ten of those games. Right. Like this was. This was the. This is a flip side game for Drummond or not Drummond. What's wrong with me? Uh. Uh. Brunson. Brunson is just their games when length really impacts his ability to finish. And yes, they're the elite elite teams in the league. The Clippers are a good example, really have the length to fluster him. Um, I bet if you go look at some of his worst performances of the year, it comes against teams with like six, six guards that, that are, they're hanging out near him. Um, he's also, it's just, he's so valuable to what Dallas does, but, I, I need people to be real about what we talk about. I'm, I face less less uh, opposition from this thought because I think more and more people see it because I'm couching it by by noting how important he is, but he is not the secondary ball handler that we're talking about because he he just can't pass. He makes horrendous reads. <laughs> I I know he has pretty good assist totals. Like there was one, uh, there's just like two or three passes every game where he just doesn't see it. Like the Mavs are playing him and Reddick together, which is a baffling choice. Um, but if and if his scoring isn't going down, which you know it, it happens, I don't mind. It's just th- there's just it, 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 there's just aspects of the game where it's it's if he's in the game with other people, the shots are going to him and Tim Hardaway, and that's it. And and that's okay. It's worked a lot. I want the Mavericks to continue to do it. I don't, you know, the, that the Mavericks survived this is really neat, really, really impressive. But it's just something that I want, I, I would like people to be thinking about as the Mavericks move forward, where, you know, he gets ADE on a switch. Anthony Davis is an all defensive player of the year candidate. Give the ball up, man. Like, don't drive and throw the ball into the stands. Do something else. But he just doesn't really have that function of his, of his game. So I don't know. Minor complaint. Because they yeah. won, who cares? Yeah, right, and I think yeah, th- yeah. So your your main point is basically like he's really good, but he's really good in the role that he has. And there's definitely you see a lot of clamoring that like you know the Mavericks what they starter. need to do. Okay, he should be yeah. a starter, but understand he's not the secondary ball handler the Mavs need. It's not like they started running 
screen and rolls with him and Luke, him and Luca, which I thought was something they might try because guard guard screen roll. It's just you get Brunson in a four on three situation. He's not passing. He's shooting the ball every time. <laughs> yeah, and I like Brunson. Like I think I like him just where he is, like a backup. I mean, occasional starter, backup guard. You know, it would be really nice for him to if the Mavericks can have an off season where he can just stay where he is. Uh, and I know that might be difficult because I know players want to. I mean, I'm sure he's not necessarily personally content with with coming off the bench his whole career. But that's another discussion. We don't we don't need to talk about that right now. But yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm they, like, this. They, they survived that game, and that's yeah. incredible. Because if they had lost, I think I would have come to this game pretty <laughs> impressed. Because you and I were quite behind the scenes talking about how we were mainly interested in the Mavs splitting, and they did. And I'm glad. Or and and they they did more than split. Because and if they had just split it, we would have looked at this game and really hoped to see some improvement from the 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 uh, pick and roll on the double or on the double teaming. And they mainly showed that in the second half. Like there was a couple of ways that this game could have gone differently had things, you know, just a couple more shots fell for the Lakers. But, you know, we just, we walk away with this one. We don't have to play the Lakers anymore this year. Thank goodness. And, you know, the only time we're going to see them is if we get to like the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Or yeah, that'll, that, that'll be nice because uh, the fully, fully operational Lakers with LeBron and healthy KD is a, a nightmare matchup for the Mavs normally. So uh, that's good. So Mavericks are further positioning themselves for the six C, which is good. Uh, trying to avoid that playing game as much as possible. Uh, Kirk, any anything else you want to get off? Because I think I'm good. I don't know if I've I don't know if I have anything else to say about this game. I think we can no, go I'm good. if you're ready. I'm good. Yeah, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, there will not be a locker room posted on the end of this podcast. I'm gonna do one. You'll know that by, but I'm not gonna post it to the feed until probably Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Um, I don't know. The locker rooms are really, can be really awesome. They can also sometimes be like us, you know, and I love the guys that come up and talk, but it sometimes can be the same six or seven or eight complaints or comments. And we're just going <laughs> to kind of see, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be excited after this one. So I'm probably going to post it uh, Sunday afternoon, but you know, feel free to download. And then Mark is, Mark has listened. If you want to guys, like we're going to, we want to give you guys a variety of audio content. Um, I think the the kind of community participation that we get in these locker rooms are lots of fun. I can't wait till um, the Android app exists and we get, you know, like, I don't know, another 80% of people that actually <laughs> yeah. join it from around the world. Um, but it's great. So just so you know, like you can, you know, close this one off, but we are going to get a locker room at some point. Uh, the, the feedback that I get from these is because it's mainly from people who are like the absolute hardcore. So excellent excellent so be on the lookout for that tomorrow or sunday whenever you listen to this podcast we will be back monday april 26th uh mavericks will be at sacramento uh i'm sorry to inform you kirk that the mavericks are playing two straight games on the west coast uh they play the warriors tuesday back to back uh so we will try to be as full strength as we can if the mavericks lose nah, we'll those be games. Fine. Yeah. Uh, unless we'll the mavericks lose we might be extra cranky um yeah so yeah, but let's get out of here then. Again, Mavericks beat the Lakers 108-93. They sweep this little two-game series against the Lakers. Uh, Mavericks are, are now solidly in sixth place uh, thanks to this little three-game winning streak. Uh, and this has been Josh and Kirk for Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you Monday after the Sacramento game.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.